The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayla Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Well, this is Rayla Sports, so I get a chance to be a homer when I want to be. I want to be a homer today. I'm all in. That's right. I'm all in, baby. <laughs> the Cavs. LeBron and the boys are going to get a chance to do their thing again tonight. And I just can't wait, man. It's just, it's you know, it's basketball has, again, the fellas have earned their money. Uh, you can't you can't complain. I mean, these men have taken two games into overtime uh, and a championship series in the NBA. What what more can we ask for? We we can't ask for any more. And if you do uh, ask for more, guess what? They gave you more. They went to overtime. They played a game. Somebody won. Somebody lost. Each time, one team lost and the other team won. So it's one one. Who expected it? Well, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I expected it uh, because there's no way you're going to win unless you win one in Cali. And that's what LeBron and the boys did. Uh, That's what the emotion was all about. And you saw LeBron, it was just at the end of the game, it was just like, man, I knew he had to get one out of there. And he got one. But I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else has me excited is I I get a chance today to have this show with a friend. And when I say a friend, I truly mean a friend. Uh, a young man has been good to me. He's been good, been good to Voice America, particularly Voice America Sports over the years. Uh, he's a different man now. He's a married man. Yeah. And he's a grandpa. Yep. So yep. me and this man, we go way back. Uh, we got we enjoy friendship as well as we respect each other professionally. Uh, he does a tremendous job in the community. He's an educator, but he's a coach. And that's Coach Lovely. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Ray. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Man, good to see you. Congratulations, man. I got to take Thanks. these glasses off. Yeah, I, I, man. I, I, I'm not reading. I'm looking at my <laughs> man. So I, but congratulations, man. Your life has changed for you tremendously. You got that big old smile on your face. You always yeah. have. And uh, it's some good basketball being played. You know, there is. There's some good basketball being played right now, man. The NBA Finals, this is uh, the second year in a row I think we're seeing uh, one of the best final series that we've seen in many years. Uh, I was a little disappointed about last year, you know, because, again, LeBron was involved. I, again, I'm a homer. You know, he's from uh, the airport. We share Akron Canton Airport. and um, But last year, uh, I was a little disappointed in LeBron uh, and, and, and Miami. I mean, LeBron, the cramps and all that type of stuff, you know. But, but I was happy to see San Antonio pretty much develop a blueprint of how to play basketball. And the way they distributed that basketball, the way, uh, you know, next man up, uh, but but of course there was an MVP that came out of the game that we didn't expect. You know, somebody thought it might have been Duncan, somebody thought it might have been Ginobili, but it was actually um, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. you know, who who shined in the, in those playoffs. So I agree with you. Last last year they didn't disappoint. Um, we got an extension to what is a dynasty. 
Because there's no doubt that that's a dynasty down there in San Antonio. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, even though they haven't put the 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 long streak together like Jordan did. Well, how many and rings are those three? The three they have five. The big four. They have five. Oh, come on, five. man. How many more you need? You know, well, <laughs> you know I mean, but, but I mean those consecutive back-to-back-to-back-to-back oh, yeah, back, back, back type th- titles. Oh, I understand that, but I mean, but their their body of work. Yes, they got their, a hand, their overall they, they, body they of work. They got a handful absolutely. of rings, yes. you know, and yes. they walk away with a handful of rings. And, yes. and you know, the thing about it is, you know, Today with free agency, that just tells you something about that team down there in San Antonio we're talking about now and that dynasty, what I'm going to call it, is because you, you were able to keep the, those major parts together. Uh, even with free agency, Tim yeah. didn't go anywhere, Ginobili didn't go anywhere, Tony Parker didn't go anywhere, and Pop didn't go anywhere. That's huge, and the reason that's so huge is because you see a group, and this is this is what I mean by last year's finals being one of those finals that has been, I think, one of the all-time greatest, because you've got, and, and I'm a Laker guy, so for me it hurts to see San Antonio, for me to have to talk about San Antonio like this, but San Antonio has a group of guys that have been selfless, and they sack some of those guys may have sacrificed big dollars, as you know, in free agency to stay and be a part of that team and continue to build and win the championship rings that they're winning. And you know, that's huge. That that's a shift in pro sports. You know, that 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 I think well, is that's a shift. What I, that's what I like about you, Coach, because you're gonna be honest. I mean, I think the most important to you thing to you, like me, is uh if you don't want the right answer, as far as I'm concerned, from my personal perspective, based upon you know what my background is, then don't ask me. Right. You being a Laker fan, that's okay. But you're yeah. going to be honest about yeah. you know what was so special about that team is in free agency. But I'm going to tell you what when I look at that team, and I'm going to agree with you on that. But also when you look at those teams, that chemistry that they have, I'm not sure you can find you could have found that chemistry anyplace else other than with that group right there. If you to take a piece of that group out. And take it to someplace else. I'm not sure it would have been like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. I don't know if the personality of those individuals, because they were a little, I mean, it, it's no real super, super, superstar with those guys. You know, it's all team, including the coach. The coach may be the most, uh, you know, celebrity, you know, guy of all of them, you know, bigger, a bigger a star than maybe even Tim Duncan. When you, when you look at it in terms of name recognition, everybody knows Pop, everybody knows Tim too, but, but Tim doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to spotlight. Well, but, but, but that's what I mean, Ray. I mean, if you look at what that team did and, and then to jump forward this year to the finals, you, you stated that, you know, that team was a very special team and what they're doing. You don't know if you've seen that anywhere else, but you look at Golden State. Golden State has the same dynamic that but Gold that State, Pop has down there but, in San Antonio right well, now. But they don't have the coach. Well, but but it's early. It's early on. This is a this is a brand new group, you know, as far as like the, the Kerr coming on as a first year coach. But this group was together last year. This would, there was that's, movement. That's right. that, 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 there were people talking about moving uh Clay Thompson to try and get Kevin Love, but they opted not to. And if you look at how this group of guys has gelled together, they're very unselfish. I'm gonna agree with you, Coach, but what I would say about this group that's a little different than that group is that this coach is not the architect of this team. This is somebody else's right, team. He inherited. Right, 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 right. Whereas Pop, yeah. Pop built that team. And, and and honestly, I feel really bad for Mark Jackson. Oh, we got to feel because bad because I, I, you know, I think Mark Jackson. That's the coaching you too, but done, I, but yeah. as, just as a human being. Yeah. For you to put all that work in and then somebody come. He should have been allowed to take him to the next step. And this, I think, would have been a natural progression for his program and what he put in place at Golden State. Now, some people say that, you know, 
he had run his course there and and was button heads with the minister with the with the um, management. And so it was time for him to go, and maybe Steve Kerr's approach to the game, being under Pop and under Jackson, you know, it gave him a different perspective to to manage the team. And you know, you got to give, you got to tip your hat to both guys. Both guys have done great jobs with what that what that program is is now set up to do. And now it's going to be a test to see how well Kerr can navigate through some of the things that come along with the success. Well, you know, to me, and I want to agree with you again. Uh, it's almost like I, I just might as well keep agreeing with you, Coach, but you're spot on. But I think one thing, it kind of reminds me uh, in the other sport that, that we like to talk about here on this show, and that's football. It kind of reminds me of Chucky, and Chucky got a chance to inherit a, t- inherit a team that was Tony Dungy's team yeah. and won a yep. Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. And yep. you, like, you like both the guys. Right. You like both the coaches. You know? And that's what's so beautiful about this. this is Steve, but this is Steve Kerr's first time as a head coach in it, at any level. He hasn't been right, college. Right. But see, now, the one thing he does bring to the table that a lot of coaches don't is that he was actually front office first. I mean, he was here in Phoenix, and he was a GM and, and, and learned how to manage and build a team in that aspect. So, But he, he didn't have to do any of that when no, he went here. No, he didn't. But, but, <laughs> but, I, but I'm just saying that you know, he came into the coaching spot without having a head coaching job but understood the game from the dollars and cents the the management of personnel and then being under both Popovich and Jackson, he also understands the game. He's a cerebral guy, so his moving to the first chair is you know not that that much of a stretch. Well, I, I, I'm very much um, I may differ with you a little bit on that because and here's the only reason why I, I differ a little bit on that is because he's not doing the same thing, and and it, you know I think that. I'm going to add in there, which you didn't talk about, but I know it it certainly makes uh, it contributes to his success. This man is a champion as a player, right? You know, and so with one of the greatest players to ever play the game of all time, yeah. You know, and 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 just like for some reason, other a lot of people don't want to give credit to 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 Delhi for the contributions on defense he made to limit Steph Curry's, you know, success. Sometimes you gotta give credit where credit is due. Michael Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, did he pass the ball to Steve Kerr one time? Yeah, didn't Steve yeah. Kerr he knock one down? St- he's told, he told I'm him. Coming to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming, coming to you. I'm coming to you. Get open. And he Be knocked ready it to down. Knock it down. Yep. And, okay, so that's his one shiny moment. He had to make the shot. So let's not take it away from Delhi. I don't care about Steph. You got to give it to him well, when, he, when he does it. You got to give that man credit. You got to give it to him. You, you, Steve Kerr, so Steve made one shot. Would Steve have made 100 shots? We don't know that. But when a, when a person accomplishes something, let's not diminish that person's time to shine. Give him credit for what he did. You only called upon. Sometimes they call upon you. We're going to call upon you one time. Michael said it one time. I'm call, I don't remember in Michael's career that he called anybody out one time and said, hey, man, I'm coming to you. He did it. And yeah. Steve knocked it down, man. So I'm just, you know, I jumped to something else I wanted to get into a little bit later. And and you said something of which we want to get into later, and that's that uh, that seat on that bench. Uh, yeah. and I'm going to let you explain that, but uh, let, we're going to talk about something later, guys. Uh, Coach is here for a special reason, and uh, he's done a tremendous job in the first ever, I believe. Yeah. Uh, published work. Uh, he wrote a book, and it's an outstanding book. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. But it's got a little bit to do about the bench, and a little bit about where you at on that bench. But let, let's go back to this. This dynasty that I believe that happened down there in San Antonio that now, you know, we're experiencing something different this year, but it's still that we're getting basketball 
at its best. And, and I'm glad that we're getting that because many times, as we know, only time, the only thing that people really focus on, the athletes, is their paycheck. And interesting enough, we're not talking about any paychecks right. in this series. We're so focused on the basketball. But we're only going to give it two minutes. But I think it's worthy of two minutes because we got two minutes to take a break before we take our break. But, Coach, I just want to change the subject a little bit because it's kind of an inter- interruption and distraction. So I'm going to do it at this time. Come on. Little Princess Curry, is she that much of a distraction? Come on, Coach. Could you, could you not do your job if you had to be there and you had to interview? Man, like, Come on, Coach. That, 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 you know, here's the funny thing. I about call her that Princess is, Curry. Is you, have, you have all these media people who are trying to ask questions, and they're all repeating the same questions anyways. It's like, you know, I mean, being former show host here and, 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 and you being a show host, you understand that at some point, man, these cats get redundant mm-hmm. with their questions. So it's boring listening to those guys. So having her up in there, if they couldn't focus on asking the question that's already written down on their paper, man, they need a different job. I'm, I'm glad you said that, <laughs> Coach, because I was just – and plus not only that, I just believe, you know, it's like the one shiny mom. It's her moment. Give her that – you, come on, you got a daughter. You got daughters. Yeah, you know yeah. how special it is when you can share that with your daughter. And, and that, was, that was not – you know, that wasn't at all – Rehearsed. It was just a, a, it happened in the spur of the moment. And she probably didn't want her dad to put her down. If you think about it, after the oh, game, yeah. he meets his wife and his daughter in the hallway, and he gives loves and kisses and everything, and he has to go into this presser. He probably tried to give her back to his wife oh, so yeah. he could go in there, and she, she was uh, she wasn't having daddy's neck. Yeah, you know how you it, know it is, is. Man. especially daddy, when you've girl, been on the road. You know, and so, I mean, you know, I can understand Well, that. I just wanted to make sure you and I were on the same page on that, Coach, because I know you're a Lakers fan, and I, you know, I can't get uh can't get you on my side of the wagon over here to Cavaliers so uh, no we'll talk we're, about we're, the finals <laughs> man I got a lot to say about that well we're going <laughs> to talk about that and a whole lot more you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network I believe we got to take a break but when we come back Coach Scott Lovely is here in the studio with me been on the show many times had his own show with us but he's back he's a new man and I'm happy for him and all that he's done and we're going to talk about this special book that he's got I'm not going to tell you it's a secret you got to come back we'll be right back Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live and on demand. 
No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, I'm all in. That's right. You know, I'm from the OHIO. I love the state, the heart of it all, Ohio, from that hometown of Canton. Played up there in Cleveland, so I gotta be, I gotta root for the Cavs. But I got my friend here with me, uh, Coach Scott Lovely. Scott is a California native, uh, great coach, great man, great friend, great husband, uh, young man, but a great grandpa. Uh, looking good. I don't think he wants me to call him a grandpa. I don't know if he wants me to put it out there like that. I, but, I don't uh, mind it. Man, <laughs> it uh, is what it's, it is. It's a man. beautiful, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, and she's, he's got a beautiful daughter and granddaughter. Uh, daughters, as a matter of fact, uh, we go back so far. I can tell you some great stories. Um, but anyway, Coach, be, before and I, I want you guys. I, I want to keep you there, just like they do the Big Boy Show. I'm gonna keep you there. We got a great surprise. We're gonna talk about. We already, in fact, Scott let the cat out the bag a little bit earlier, but I just went right over it. You know, want to keep you on the edge of your seat, kind of like Beyonce did. You know, come on, Beyonce. I don't think she told you right as soon as you turned on the show, but she kept you there. So I'm gonna keep you there. And, but what we're going to talk a little bit now is about that. Let's talk about Golden State. Let's, let's talk about uh, Steph Curry. Um, the big boy show, one of the big boy shows this morning, they were talking about, is Steph getting a pass? Because uh, he's the MVP. Now, now me, Coach, I'm going to tell you now, me and the coach don't always agree, but see, I could play for Coach, and I could play with Coach because we respect each other's opinions. Now, I do not believe that you should get the M- that the MVP should be handed out, and I'm talking about the MVP of the league. You could be the MVP of the championship series, but when I'm talking about the MVP of the league, I don't think that that MVP of the league should go to somebody that does not on the winning team of the NBA championship. I, I, I that's just me personally. That's what I believe now. Uh, it's and right two now, seasons, well, well, I, well, I understand, but everybody doesn't get the chance to participate in that that's season. That's right. So. How can you really, that's like Peyton Manning. There's going to be an asterisk there next to Peyton Manning because everybody says he's the best quarterback for regular season, but he ain't winning championships for you. He ain't your quarterback you want if you want to win championships. I don't get that. It's ultimately all about winning championships. So let me ask you this, Coach. Is Steph in the playoffs been given a pass? He's the MVP of the league. Has he performed in your eyes up to the status of the MVP of the league? Well, the first game, I think Steph Curry performed very well. The second game... What do you have the first game? How many, uh, how many I think he was 30, 30 okay. or something like that. Okay. The first game he played well. I can't, can't remember his numbers exactly. I just remember the overall feeling of his performance was okay. Where they he lacked was... Like they lacked seven with or clay. Seven? Yeah, but, but he, he ended up picking it up, especially in the overtime. Uh, Clay was missing in that first game. He wasn't playing well. But Clay's not the MVP, right? But I'm, I'm just saying, if you look at that team, see that team is very much like the San Antonio Spurs. That's why I mentioned that earlier because they have a cast of ten guys that contribute significantly to the success of that team. Now, Steph Curry 
he struggled the last game, but he didn't he didn't struggle the first game. So is he getting a pass? Everybody's been comparing, you know, him to LeBron James. Well, you can't compare Steph Curry and LeBron James and say that the criticism of LeBron James should have the same level of criticism been passed to Steph Curry. You're talking we're, we're about talking two about, significantly different players. You're talking about now, now just we're real talking quick. about the criticism coach has been what the expectations were. Right. And the expectations of LeBron James, he was an 18-year-old kid. Steph went to school for four years. Well, but but I'm saying, see, you have to look at the two players separately. When you're talking about criticism, you have to look at them separately. You can't say, well, if I'm going to criticize LeBron James at this level, then you should also criticize Steph Curry at this level. Because here's the thing. The most physically dominant player to ever play the game, in my opinion, at one point was Shaquille O'Neal. Physically dominant player in the league ever. I, I would agree, but it, but it, but his skill set was limited. Though, well, though. but he so but center. he was but he was physically dominant. That's what I mean by in, that. In the paint, he couldn't drive down the so court. So now like you LeBron. take so now you take LeBron or you take uh, Shaq. He's the most physically dominant, in my opinion, at one point. Now you take that body and you give him the skill set of a Magic Johnson, being able to run the court. Then you take. The skill set of a Michael Jordan allowing that player to be able to one-on-one isolate and still get to the rim. And you put all those three together and you get now LeBron. LeBron James. And I think LeBron James right now is the most physically dominant player that we have seen in the game of basketball. But I think but what you just said, the way you described that, I'm going to take that a little bit further and I'm going to dissect it a little bit more. When you said physically dominant as a player... I'm thinking brute strength. Yes. I'm not adding any skill sets to that. Right. You're ask, you're adding skill sets to that, which makes, you know, for someone's opinion, the best player. He's a freak. As opposed to just a guy. You're right. <laughs> exactly. He's a freak. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but, but, but I'm, but there were, you know, we, when you think about physic, you know, physicality and being dominant, I would say the only person I would ever, ever match up there's two, but I don't think Moses was quite as dominant as he was. But but I'm gonna bring two other players in here. Daryl Dawkins and Will Chamberlain. Now, if you had Daryl Dawkins, Will Chamberlain, and Shaquille O'Neal, either three of those down there at that post and the way they played that game, as nasty as they and cause they all bought, you know, some some anger with the way they played that position. Those are my three most dominant, but that's at that position. They didn't. They couldn't take that skill set. They, they couldn't go beyond that because their skill sets were limited. So right. They couldn't do. Right. So 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 back to our point of the criticism. I, I say that that people look at LeBron James and they criticize him not being able to score the winning basket, not being able to do this, not being. And they criticize him for not being able to perform at a level. And people are saying, well, are we giving Steph Curry a pass because he airballed the shot and then he turned over the ball at the end? No, he's not getting a pass. He's just he, his level of expectations is lower than oh, the level of expectations oh. for a LeBron James at this point in his career. Oh, uh, well, coach, let me just say this now, Steph. I don't expect Steph's Steph Curry a- to dominate a game like I expect for LeBron James to. Oh, why not, Steph? No. Steph, he can dominate a game. He just does it differently. He's a scorer, and that's and because he's a scorer, you know, off the dribble, you know, off the screen, you know. Bringing the ball up the court because he's so dominant in doing that that that's missing And so what we look at is his dominance and how he dominates games That's kind of been missing a little bit So that's why they say we're giving him a pass no different and, and here's a, just in the last game and here's the first game Here's, here's the people they, they compared it to uh, Is 
if this was um, if this was Kevin Durant, would we give him a pass? If this was Tony Parker, or if this was um, um, point guard uh, CP3, will we give him a pass? You look at look at the pressure we put on CP3 for not winning it. He's a point guard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so let's go to the CP3. Let's is, go to the Westbrook. Still, this CP3. is still fairly new for Curry. This is like his second year that anybody's ever really focused on Steph Curry. Remember, he's just a little what point guard from. He's he's just a little point guard from Davison. No, nobody expected him to be doing no, this. No, remember, but fact, nobody I'll, expected I'll, him to be doing this. I man. will say this. I was on the Big Boy Show. Shout out to Skip. Skip even said that he thought. That he should have been taken as the first. He he has definitely his first pick in the but, draft. But but Skip said that based on now. No no he said it then he said it then he said okay. it then I'll give him well, credit he said it then. Yeah. But I you know here's the thing about it. only thing that I'm asking and, and I want to be I want to be fair because you know you know as a player man that pressure is a lot to be put on anybody's shoulder, you know for you to be as good as you are and for some people just keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. Some, sometime the pressure, you know, like I, I'm not so sure that James Harden didn't crumble and, you know. Yeah, pr- I, I, I think there was some of that. I think yeah. there was some of that. But then, you know what, man, I'm just going to put it out there. I think that some of that happened, but I also think that having a weak, soft center killed Houston, period. Well, again, okay, let's just say this, a weak, soft center. But look at this. Look at LeBron, how he, you know, it, he doesn't have a weak, soft center right now. You know, and and look at what Michael Jordan won with. I'm, you know, I don't yeah, know. You I know. mean, well, you know, Michael Jordan won with Scott Williams. Scott Williams wasn't pathetic. He was a good center. Yeah, he was uh, a fundamentally sound center. Well, and who was the other center? Well, he you won can, with. Oh, okay, so wait a second. Are you going to say that if you had a choice between taking Superman and Scott Miller, who are you going to take? You you mean Scott Williams? I mean Scott Williams. Yeah, who are you going to take? Oh look, come on. Now. Okay, okay, you really right, you I'm, you going to put me on the spot uh, like that? Because oh, I because I tell you what, you I, take, I would I would pass on Dwight Howard. I think Dwight right? Howard's soft. Oh, come I on, think man. Dwight Howard's soft. I don't think he's mentally tough. I don't think he's somebody who can step up into the big situation and shine. I really don't. He folds. He's like a wet I, napkin. I, I would have to say this <laughs> uh, for for him to be where he is at the stage of his career. I think mentally. Uh, he's a little fragile, and he hasn't matured to to, to manage the game. And so, I, I but I wouldn't call him soft. What would you I, call him then? I, I would just say that uh, you're just you're just dancing around words. No, right no, there. I'm you're no, no. Mental, he, he doesn't have mental toughness. That's not soft. That is soft. No, 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 because he don't play the game soft. Come on, man! Really? Oh no, no, oh, no! Oh come on! No, you just do, see now we agree on a lot of things. We gonna disagree no, on I, this. Here's point. what it, here's what I would say. I think he's soft. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that he's soft. As a basketball player, out on the court. In fact, Dwight is, you know, got himself in a couple things that was foolish because he wasn't mentally strong, and he let people get into his head, take him out of his game, and he hurts his team more than he helps his team because he's not on the court when they need him on the court. And by the way, he's not going to go by Superman anymore. Just so you know, he he made an announcement today. He's going by the Flash. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He I, I, actually I, I, made that. I, yeah, but, but, come but on, you know, now, that's, really? That's, See, that's, that's, that's what I mean. That, that, that's that's the listen, kind of stuff I'm talking once about. Once you listen, okay, you get caught up in that. But listen, <laughs> what you are is what you know. Once you come out with one name, you can't change it. You know. Hey, you know, but that's what I'm talking about. That mental toughness is not there. Well, and, you know, the last thing he wants to why first off. Why is he trying to nickname himself? Yeah, I, just go listen, out and play the listen, game, man. I, I, listen, when you get caught up in that, then obviously there's some distraction, and that's what I'm saying. But he hasn't you know, he matured a mentally. He, he's still a champion. Of what? I don't know, but he's a champion. High school, college, junior high, <laughs> something, you know. But again, he named himself a champion. Exactly. Right? So that there we if, go. If he, if he thinks he's a champion, he's going to yeah, be a so champion. Yeah, so I would take we, Scott listen, Williams. Well, <laughs> 
Man, that, ooh, ooh, Dwight, I know that's, I'm going to call you Dwight. Dwight, I know that's got to bother you, man, but uh, I don't want to waste our time. You're a good time, Coach, on, on, on somebody like Dwight, who I think uh, has not served any team to the level of the talent and potential that he has. Yeah, and, and Shaq and, calls him out on it oh, all yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of big boys call him out yeah, on it, you yeah. know, and so hopefully he'll, he'll contribute a little bit more. But they got to the conference championship. He just lost it. And so we'll, you know, he's got another chance. There's always next year if he stays healthy, and we'll see yeah. what that is. Because that that is that is something else that we, we need another another show to talk about. Because yeah. I don't know where all the injuries are coming from in basketball. But uh, what we're going to do is we are when we come back, uh, we're going to take time out because now we're going to talk about the book. So you've been waiting for this. So make sure you tune in. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm here with my good friend, Coach Scott Lovely, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, all in. I'm all in. The Cleveland Cavaliers are at home tonight against the Gold State Warriors in Game 3. I've been here discussing that and many other things with my good friend, Coach Scott Lovely. I think it's about time for us now to, uh, to talk about what I wanted uh, to talk about uh, with Coach Scott is I wanted him to come in. Uh, he gave me a call, was extremely uh, excited about a project he was working on. It's come to fruition. It's here. It's live. It's tangible. As a matter of fact, I got mines in my hand. I've got my electronic version at home. But we want to talk about the coach's book. And it's actually his first book. Yep. And the name of the book is The First Chair. Coach, it's, it's, first of all, I want to congratulate you on the book. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. I've skimmed through it, but what I want to do is I, I, I have this thing, and of course at uh, Pro Sports Legacy we'll be doing some of this, and, and I believe that nobody can tell a story better than the person that experienced whatever the situation was. Nobody knows this book like you know it. 
So first of all, let me tell you, um, when did you decide that, I mean, the light went off that, you know what, I, I just need to write this book. This is a book. Was, did, it, what, did a light bulb go off one day? You're driving on the car, you're at home, you saw something. What triggered you to say, you know what, I need to write a book? Well, I, I'm a storyteller. So when I'm talking to people, I always tell stories, talk about players, talk about situations, talk about circumstances. And uh, in talking to coaches, you know, I, oftentimes coaches, oh, man, that's a great story. You should put, you should write that down. You should write that down. And uh, so a lot of people were saying stuff like that. So I started, you know, putting some stuff down on paper and kind of was like all over the place with the stories and stuff and didn't know what I was going to do. But, you know, I had it all written down. So uh, one day I was talking to somebody, and somebody said, you should put a book out. And I said, yeah, I'm not an author. I don't know how to write. And uh, uh, through the process of elimination, uh, talking to different people, I decided, you know what, let me go ahead and do this. So I took all the stories, put them all together, and sat down and looked at them and didn't know which way was up. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Ava Bowman, actually said, hey, here's what you need to do. And so she helped me out uh, as far as figuring out how to pin a book, how to go from point A to point B and put it together. And so um, so I started doing that. And uh, two years later, the book was finished up. And uh, I mean, I wrote every single word in that thing, man. It was it was one of those things where all of it was me and I put it all on paper and, and threw it out there. Wow, Coach. So, so from start to finish, you said it was about two years. From the time you started until the time you finished, how did you know and when did you know I'm finished? That's tough to say. You know, I, that really is a tough one to do because uh, uh, I started writing the story and I went back to when I was a child and so uh, talked about my love for the game of basketball and where that love came from and then the road that I took from being a player to becoming an assistant coach, deciding that I wanted to be a coach and the path I took to become a coach and, and then my experiences and lessons learned as a coach. So when I was at the end, when I had like written all this down and got right to where I was at, it was like, okay, well, how do I stop? The, how do I end this now? And so the final chapter of the book is called The State of the Game. And so what I chose to do at that point was I chose to remove myself from the, from the equation and write a chapter about where basketball is at this point in our lives. Where is basketball? All the factors that are impacting the game, uh, uh, how, it's, how it's transitioning and what's going on, positive and negative. And I put all that together and the ending of the book just came naturally at that point. It just, it just progressed right to the last word of the book and it was there. Um, and, and, and I didn't know how it was all going to come across, you know. Uh, and so when it was done, I actually took the manuscript and sent it to uh, a couple coaches, some in-state, some out-of-state, and said, hey, give me your opinion on this, and got great feedback. Everything was a positive. It was a good book, good read. And uh, the, the feather in the cap for me was I just sent this book to my old high school coach, and uh, he called and he read the book in two days, Ray. Wow. He grabbed the book and read it in two days. And he called and he said, you know, this was an amazing book, Scott. You did an, a, a phenomenal job. He said, you know, this should be a book that should be read by everyone who wants to become a coach. And he goes, and I want you to look at the last two paragraphs because what you wrote was absolutely amazing in the last two paragraphs. So for me, 
it's finally I know that the book was done right. You know what I mean? Somebody who has known me since I was 14 years old, mm. you know, is now reading this book and telling me how well it was done and how well written it was and how important it is. It, 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 you know, I, I know that the book came out good now. Now, you, you talk about uh, your uh, your high school coach who, who gave you that compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what other coaches? Ken Bell. What, there you go. <laughs> what other coaches uh, contributed, whether it was something that uh, they said, something they did, or um, or giving you something for the book? Give me a couple names of some other coaches that, that had an impact on you so much so that they found themselves in your book in some, in some oh, way. Oh, man. You know, there's, there's countless guys mentioned in the book, throughout the book, as you probably saw when you were skimming through it. Uh, you know, all the – see, the amazing thing about the game that we play and coach in is that you're you're not adversarial with people. You you become friends with coaches that you coach against, and really, it's like iron sharpening iron. So guys like Tark James, Aaron Windler, you know, jeez, uh, uh, I can't even think of, of all the guys. Jesus Flores, all the guys that 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 I've become associated with, Matt Harris, you know, they're all mentioned in the book because. In the process of going through our seasons, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. One of the stories uh, in the first season I was at Arcadia, and the basketball program before I took over was two and twenty-six. And uh, in that first season, uh, we started out our season like three and ten because we had one of the toughest schedules in the state. We had ten losses, but those ten losses were seven of them were to number one ranked teams in the state. I mean, we lost to Saguaro, who was ranked number one. We lost to the Division Two number one team. We lost to, you know, it was just it was just all over the place, man. So uh, we went up against Notre Dame Prep, and Matt Harris was the coach there at the time. And my guys played his team to a stalemate, and they ended up beating us. And after the game, the, the ritual of walking past, shaking hands, and telling everybody a good game, I see – this coach, Matt Harris, who I didn't know at the time, stopped and talked to several of my top players. And, uh, and, and when we shook hands, uh, he said, you know, I told your guys to just keep believing in what you're doing because they're right there knocking on the door. They were going to turn the corner real soon. And, and, and it was fun to see the transition. This is what he said to my players. Well, at that point in time, my kids probably were done hearing my voice and hearing stay with it, have faith, let's just keep fighting through it. They needed somebody else to say that. And that timing of him saying that, and I talk about that in the book, helped us because we immediately went from three or yeah, three and eleven to in the conference and we went ten and zero in conference and ended up going into the playoffs and going to the Elite Eight and playing some great basketball. Well that helped to get the team over the hump. And so that's just an example of the way we as coaches help each other. And and so there's lots of guys. There's lots of stories in there about guys like that. Well coach, I, you know there's a lot in the book about coaches. Let's talk about that that coach player relationship. Mm-hmm. You spend some time talking about the coach players or about your players in particular yeah. uh, that you work with. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that as a coach, you're not just there to teach the game. You're there to teach the kids how to to push themselves and how to perform and how to excel in life. That's what you got from your coach. It's what I got from my coach. You know, uh, I still call Coach Bell on occasion and, and, and touch base. I remember one of the, the, the down times in my life when uh, I was coaching and, uh, you know, 
I called him and asked him, you know, how, how do you how do you get past this? And he told me, he says, you just keep going. You know, you don't give up. And so, you know, the big thing about the time spent with players, and, and, and I talk about it in the book, is, you know, you need to cherish every moment and always promote your program and your kids, you mm. know. You do that, and, and your kids see that you love them and that you're out there for them and that you're pushing them to be better, but you're also – telling people about how great they are and they live into certain expectations that you set for them. Mm, that, that's powerful, Coach, because, I, you know, many times people always talk about, you know, a coach being a father figure. And I've never really asked you about this. Uh, what's your perspective on that coach's role and, and that term father figure? Because I think father's really something special. And I really wouldn't want anybody you know, pushing me to the point where I'm I'm not trying to be that kid's father. That kid has a father. If he's in his life or not, I'm his coach. And I think there's something special about being a coach because, you know, there there's, like you said, that bond between players and coach and you promoting and supporting that, that program and the kid, that's something special. Is it, Do you believe that a coach replaces a father? Or no, is a coach I, it's, it's not special? a replacing. It's not a replacing, right? And Because I, I think that, you know, it's like I look at, I, I even said in the book about my high school coach, Coach Bell was a father figure for me. And 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 my dad was very active in my life and, and my parents are still married to this day. My dad is my best friend. But at a certain point in your life as a young man, you break away from your dad and you try and establish yourself as a as a man. And if you have another man that has been involved in your life that you don't see as your father, but he steps in and, and helps you understand certain things about life and work ethic and, and ties in certain things, then that person can become like a father figure. And Coach Bell was like a father figure to me. And I know that there's several players that I'm very close to still to this day that, um, you know, we're friends on Facebook now. And, you know, the, the, the letters that some of the kids submitted to me to go into the book talk about the special relationship between coach and player. And I, I think that it is kind of a father figure role, not a replacement, but in, a, in an addition to. Now, this is, I want to ask you a question. It's probably going to take longer than the time we have before we go into this break. But you, you talk about, there's a chapter about chasing the ring. And yeah. It's championship time now. So maybe that's a little bit to talk about. It's probably going to take you longer than a minute. But chasing the ring. Are coaches always chasing the ring? Good coaches are. <laughs> Good coaches are always chasing the ring. You know, it's funny because is uh, that a personal thing that the coach feels he's incomplete if he doesn't get the ring? Uh, y no, it's it's not incomplete, but uh, it's kind of like uh, it's 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 kind of like the 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 cherry on top of the the Sunday, mm. man. The Sunday's still good, mm -hmm. but when you add the cherry to it, it's finished. You know what I wow. mean? Wow. Wow. That's someplace almost like the crown, you know. You know, you yeah. get the crown on. There's only one king, only one queen. Yeah. And and that, but I would imagine I've chased. I know exactly what you mean by chasing ring, and you're not incomplete. Uh, but it's almost like it's a but. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a but, you know. Yeah. It's always a but, and and that but is I didn't get the ring. So uh, that that's interesting. What we're gonna do? We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back. We we may talk a little bit about the playoffs, but we're certainly gonna talk more uh, with coaching. Uh, we're gonna talk about the first chair. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters with Coach Scott Lovely. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters, I'm all in. Cavaliers, baby. Cleveland Cavaliers at home tonight against the Gold State Warriors. Looking to take that series up to a 2 1 lead. I got Coach Scott Lovely in the studio with me, who, of course, uh, thinks it may be a little bit different. Uh, but what we do agree on is that Scott has an outstanding book. You all need to go out there. And by, by the way, Coach, if they want to get the book, which is the first chair, where can they get the book at? Uh, well, the book's for sale on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, if you'd like to get an autographed edition of the book, I can uh, get an autographed edition. If you go to ScottLovely.com, purchase it there, uh, then I'll send you an autographed copy direct. Coach, I'm, I'm looking at this book here. It, it, it's a nice cover, too, man. It just it says everything right there. It's got, you know, got the ball there, uh, got the chair there, got a towel there, uh, got your name, of course, and uh, the first chair. And uh, uh, that, that first chair is kind of something special to me. I remember it was graduation seeing my daughter graduate sitting in that first chair. So <laughs> it's something special to me. But the first chair, what does that mean to you? Man, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's really a symbol of leadership. It's a symbol of leadership. You know, you start your career out and and you're down the bench. You know, as an assistant coach, and the the further away you are from the head coach, the that that's obviously the the earlier you are in your career. You know, usually the the head coaches put their their wisest assistant to the to the to the right of them or left of them based on the side of the bench but right next to them so they get that wisdom um and that that first chair i mean you know to me is leadership is uh uh, uh 
all the decisions are made there, you know. Um, it's also a hot seat. Mm. It's also a hot seat, man. You know, there's a lot of people watching everything you do. Do people want that chair? Do they desire that chair? We talked about the ring. Do people desire that chair? You know, I think that there are a lot of people out there who are a lot of coaches who uh, want the chair but don't understand the responsibility of the chair. Does it take time to understand that? It, it I mean, you know what? Listen, we're talking does. about a first-year guy who's in the NBA championships. I mean, does it? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's interesting that you bring that point up, a rookie head coach. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't for the trials and tribulations he's got that he's experience. gone through. Unique, right, yes. you know, I mean, and, and think about where he came from. He was at University of Arizona under Lute Olson. You look at the people that have groomed his career, Lute Olson, Phil Jackson, you know, Greg Popovich, and then here as a general manager. The guy's seen the basketball game from all aspects. So he's, he's earned the right to kind of step in that space and see – how well he can do, you know. Wow. Um, but yeah, that first chair it takes some time. I mean, I, you know, and and it, and if you're a good coach, if you're a good coach that wants to succeed, you're going to think you're ready for that chair, and you need a mentor that's going to tell you, not yet. Just wait, calm down. You're almost there, but you still got to learn some things, and you know it takes some grooming, and you have to have the respect of that mentor in order to be able to do that. Well, you know, it's really interesting because it sounds like some of the similar things that would you know be said to a player said to a coach and you know it takes some time i mean like on the basketball court there's some players out there where it's 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 not the me it's the we and you talk about that yeah. so is is there some of those same things that a coach deals with that it obviously plays its way out in coaching a team but also in, in your staff is it some of that kind of stuff as well yeah it does you know it definitely does uh you know and i've had some circumstances play out in, in my 20 years coaching i've had circumstances play out with uh, staff members that didn't understand that you know you need to take your time slow your roll you'll get there you know and 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 there's you know a little bit of ego in coaching anybody tells you there isn't is lying because as a good coach you always want to win you always want to be better than the next guy so you know it's just about how you manage your ego let's talk about something that I, that I always feel is important to to people in life and it's interesting um, I, I'd be curious to know about your book and I'm, I'm, I'll probably ask this question a little bit later but I'm a strong guy who believes in game plans what about you I think you talk a little bit about game yeah, plans yeah I, I definitely put together you know in every season that I've gone through um, there's been a period of time and I learned this from Jim Herrick at the end of the season you sit back you reflect and you write out what you thought you were going to ha have happen and what happened and how that shifted a little bit and and what you would do differently and, and kind of relook at that at the beginning of the next year so you can kind of move forward with that mindset of what you, what you want to get done. Mm -hmm. And so in my book, um, after certain chapters, there's a thing called the game plan, and it kind of takes some of the main points that I pointed out in the chapter mm -hmm. and it puts it all in one thing. You know, I was going to put it on a clipboard wow. and have it listed, you know, this is your game plan. But it ended up just being, you know, a simple game plan at the end of certain chapters for you to do it. Well, it's interesting because you, you say that at the end of every chapter. And I really think that uh, in terms of a personal game plan, I think there's a game plan for each part of your life. When you're a teenager, oh, there's certain things you got a game plan. That, you know, you don't that game plan as a teenager ain't gonna work as an adult, and that adult game plan is not gonna work. You know, 
for teenagers. So that, that's really interesting. And I've never heard of anybody. I've never seen a book like that, formatted like that, where at the end there's a game plan. So so does the game plan, as you said, fits that chapter. Am I correct? Yeah, and, and, and the game plan is a summation of the main points throughout that chapter so that you have it right there so it's laid out right in front of you. And, I, and I'm going to give a shout-out to our girl, Jill Schiffelbein, because oh, Jill— man sat down and read the book early on and said, I like this. This is good. Why don't you put this on a little clipboard at the end of the chapter? So that, and so Jill kind of gave me the input on that and I looked at it and figured out, I said, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And so that's kind of where that originated. Jill, of course, was here with us at Voice America. Jill is now in uh, New York uh, doing outstanding things. I, I just saw on her Facebook page where there's a couple uh, exciting things happening in her life and a true fighter. I, yeah. I probably don't know anybody who's, uh, you know, had the, the complications in life that she's been faced with and she's just knocked every one of them out the box. So uh, certainly want to uh, give a shout out to, to Jill and uh, and the work that she's done and, and the contribution. She's a team player. I yeah, mean, she is. She really is. She's she, great. She, she helped you with some of the stuff that you were doing, Scott, and uh, you know, she's been helpful uh, to quite a few people. Uh, let me just ask you something. Um, you know, in, in writing this book, Scott, um, it, it's got to be a thing, whereas uh, you start off to write a book. We talked about you don't know when you finish, uh, but you know when you got something good. When, it, when you got something good, it's like, it's like when, you, when you shoot a jump shot. You know, when it goes to when you, leave, you shoot a foul shot. When it leaves your hand, you know that it's good. What was special in this book? That when you put that ink to paper, when you let it go, you know, you know that that's pretty good. That, 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 well, that's pretty good. What, what, what was that? Well, you know, the interesting thing about this book is that it, it's for anybody. Anybody can read it. Mm-hmm. Coaches can read it and get tips and stuff out of it, and and uh, uh, it reminds you of where you came from, what you wanted to get out of it. Uh, parents can read this book, and this is the thing that's important: is parents can read this book and get the perspective of a coach, like where they come from, how their thought processes. Are, are formed and uh, you know what is the coach thinking while my kid is on the court and why did my kid get pulled you know it, it gives them a perspective of understanding what a coach is going through in their decision making process and then players players can read this book and understand where their coach is pushing them to mm-hmm. you know what why a coach is doing certain things to push them and, and to challenge them in a way he's challenging them so it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a hit all hits all demographics mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. fans of the game you can look at this and understand the inner workings of a team and how things go so. okay coach we got it we got a minute left if I'm not a basketball player can this book still inspire me, or is there something Absolutely. for me in this book? Absolutely. There's stuff that you can take out of there that apply to your life and success and, and everything. There are quotes that are at the beginning of every chapter from uh, uh, prominent people like Pat Riley, John Wooden, you know, uh, Augmandino, dif- different success principles are woven in and out of the book. Okay, and, and last but least, I, I, but, but also equally important, not least, we, we don't want you to give us a true, I mean, overall, but from a high level, uh, state of the game today. Is in good shape, bad shape, or you, you think there should be some I'm concerned. Okay. I'm concerned. And concerned about what? What part of the game are you concerned about? The about the direction, the way the game is going, uh, about the fact that it's going away from the five is greater than one mentality. That's one of the reasons why I believe this finals is so important. Uh, you know, I think that if Golden State can win this championship, that's two years in a row we've had a team-oriented focus beat a superstar-type focus. So Great. 
All right, Coach. Hey, man, as always, man, it's been great to have you here in the studio. Thanks for you you got to come back, man. We can't. There's so much more that we need to talk about in the book. But I want you all to go out and do whatever you can. You got to get the book. Great book. It looks, I mean, it just looks good. The book looks good, so you know it's good inside. The first chair, of course, our coach, Scott Lovely, is the author of this book. First one, but not the last one. And, Scott, you got a favorite line. And before I say mine, I'm going to let you say yours. And yours is always? Leave it better than you found it. With that being said, you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.